is Service Headline News, and I'm your host, Marty Smith. I'm joined by Mr. History, Eric Perot. Gentlemen, how are you? And our man in the closet, Jake Wall. What's going on, guys? We're here to bring you the latest headlines and updates pertinent to all servicemen and women. So take your seats, get informed, and have a laugh as the Swearing and Podcast presents Service Headline News. I think I may have carried your name on just a tad too long. Because in that one second I was doing Jake Wall, I was like, get off it, get off it, it's too long. No, no, keep it on, keep it on. It doesn't matter. I blew it now, especially now that I've talked about it. I've really blown it. You screwed it all up. Fellas, I'm a grandpa as of yesterday. Oh, man. It's crazy. My daughter went in. She got induced. uh, Nine-minute labor. (laughs) Wow. Oh, nice. (laughs) I know. Quite the birthday, too. She had, like, two two huge pushes, and she was ready for more, and they were like, that's it? And she was like, wow. So uh, Quite the birthday, man. Yeah, my daughter, Lexi, and her husband, Brock, gave birth to Brock. Michael Nielsen Jr. Nice. Congratulations. So, thank you. Right. I don't know what to, I mean. It's I, I'm looking forward to this portion. Eric, you tell me if I'm wrong. Because uh, this is the best kind of. <laughs> it's not I'm even wrong. parenting. It's just kind of enjoying, right? Absolutely, man. There's nothing better. Because I was holding him today. And, you know, he kind of opened his eyes. And I was like, oh, the first time I see his eyes open. And then he's like, Right? <laughs> I was like, here you go. And they rushed right over to get it. Like, there, there we go. go. Now we're back. talking. Now there we're talking. Go. Grandpa broken. just gets to spoil them to death. I was like, man. clean them up, give them good back. stuff. My son, <laughs> his is. um, his kid Gage, my grandson, just turned eight oh, on wow. September 9th. Wow. So I took him to Dick's and we got Gage the sounds like an athlete's name. Yeah, well, I was buying him a padded shirt underneath his football pants and the padded girdle. Yeah, nice. nice. So then, and we had the football game on Saturday. They lost, but he had a hell of a good game. Did you get to That's do cool. the uh, uh, the melt the mouthpiece with him? No, uh, he had already done uh, it. He has one of those goofy ones with the teeth and stuff all over it. You know, oh, yeah. Decorated oh, yeah. But do decorated. they still have the moldable one, or is it just oh, yeah. like the front? No, they still have the mold ones. I don't even think they've molded his. I think it's just a tray. <laughs> What's oh, his no, right? Yeah. Because they gave my wife, <laughs> she, they were saying, the dentist was like, hey, you're grinding your teeth, right? So, like, we we can give you, like, an anti-device or something. Wait, wait, like is that. that like eating crayons at night? Yeah. <laughs> Train eating would prevent the teeth grinding. <laughs> the wax um, would make yeah, it go smooth. I, I apologize. Right? Please Oops. proceed with your story, sir. Former uh, Marine? Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, You just ruined Marty's old train of thought. No, I was it's like, should I go should I go really hard to shut that down or should I just <laughs> I apologize. Well, Please to proceed. those who are listening, it makes about as much sense to me, too. <laughs> um, Perfect sense. But anyway, Thanks, she sir. paid out the ass for this uh, night guard or whatever it is. 
And she goes, Hey, can you help me with this thing? And I was like, why, what are you going to do? She goes, well, I got to mold it to my teeth. I was like, you mean like that seven ninety nine football mouth guard yeah. you could have got? Yeah, 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 yeah. She goes, yeah, I think it's about the same thing. What do you do? Do you dip it in hot water? She goes, yep. And I was like, oh, God, my God. You got to let, well, you just let it sit in hot water <laughs> yeah, for yeah. like. And what did they charge basically. for it? Did they charge it? I was I'm like, sure a hundred bucks or something. Oh, like my God. Yeah. Is there That's at least crazy. some vampire teeth or something on it? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> No, I heart Marty or. <laughs> oh no. man, that's that's a that's a scam. She got blue. That's what she got that's, blue. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah, she did. Oh man. Uh, okay. Well, uh, speaking of crayons, what do you got for history, Eric? <laughs> I'm sorry, crayons. Um, you know, September 11th yesterday, right, guys? And and yep, to honor yep. those. 3,000 people, I thought we'd stay on the same thing because today is the 12th. And so I wanted to give you some facts about 9-11, and then I want to read you something. So here come the facts. I think you'll get a kick out of this. Are you still with me? I had to switch back just to look at the disappointment on Marty's face that it's not military history. Well, this this was too important (laughs) for me because you're – Oh, come on. This is huge, man. Right. You gotta stay with that. Right? What do you expect uh, for I'm with you. Employees Let it ride. Free. I'm a historian. Come on. It covers it. Covers it. Right? Military so, historian. Yeah, well, this turns into a pretty big freaking war, don't you think? 2001? Did yes. it turn into something? It was Rourke what Denver led? was getting ready for revenge, baby. It's what Rick led to it. that coast, Sweating out in Costa Rica. All right, I get some so, payback, baby. A little bit of facts. Youngest passenger on the hijacked jets. Anybody know? Uh, Christine months. Hansen on United Airlines Flight 175. She was two years old in her first trip to Disneyland. I don't like this game. Right? The oldest passenger. I don't like this game either. Well, I'm not going to, I won't ask for as a question anymore. The oldest <laughs> okay. passenger on the hijacked jet was Robert Norton on American Airlines Flight 11. He was 82. Yes. New York City Fire Department, 343 firefighters, almost half the number of on-duty deaths in the department's 100-year history. Okay. South Tower collapsed at a magnitude of 2.1 on the seismograph. The North Tower collapsed with a magnitude of 2.3. So these things were looking like earthquakes when they fell, just to give you an idea. 1,444 trash receptacles were removed from metro subway station areas in the Washington metro metropolitan area that day to help collect personal items. Crazy. Um, 15 million square feet of office space was lost at the World Trade Center, more than three times the amount of space at the Sears Tower in Chicago. 1,430 people with 50,000 employees from 26 countries called the World Trade Center the office. 4,600 Pentagon workers had to be relocated temporarily. 1,337 vehicles were crushed when the towers collapsed, including 91 fire department vehicles. 1.5 million working hours during 261 days were spent moving debris from the World Trade Center. And then I'm gonna give you one last one. I wanna read something to you. So, 
900 million. No, that's not it. So more than 100 people were affected by the terror attacks carried at, carried the Olympic torch on its way to Salt Lake City. The Emmys were postponed twice, September 16th after the terrorist attacks, and October 7th, the United States began airstrikes in Afghanistan. This is the one I wanted to, wanted to give you. It's about the airplanes, airplanes. There we go. The airline industry lost $5 billion from September 11th to September 30, and requested $24 billion in aid from the federal government. Because of the tighter restrictions, drugs seized along the 1,962-mile 1, U.S.-Mexico border fell by 80% in the two weeks after terrorist attacks compared with the same period the year before. That's kind of interesting, don't you think? Wait, so the drug seizures went down? Yeah. Or because they moved? Because of the stop of airline travel. No airplanes. Period. Oh. Period. Gotcha. All right, so the last thing I wanted to read you, those were some pretty good facts, but I think you'll get a kick out of this. So this was a uh, President Bush meeting with his national security team on September 12th. I have just, this is a letter, by the way, I just completed a meeting with my national security team and we received the latest intelligence updates. The deliberate and deadly attacks which were carried out yesterday against our country were more than acts of terror. They were acts of war. This will require our country to unite in steadfast determination and resolve. Freedom and democracy are under attack. The American people need to know that we're facing a different enemy than we have ever faced. This enemy hides in shadows and has no regard for human life. This is an enemy who preys on innocent and unsuspecting people and then runs for cover. But it won't be able to run for cover forever. This is an enemy that tries to hide, but it won't be able to hide forever. This is an enemy that thinks it, it harbors are safe. Its harbors are safe, but they won't be safe forever. The enemy attacked not just our people, but all freedom-loving people everywhere in the world. The United States of America will use all our resources to conquer the, this enemy. We will rally the world. We will be patient. We will be focused and will be steadfast in our determination. The battle will take time and resolve, but make no mistake about it, we will win. The federal government and all its agencies are conducting business. This is not business as usual. We are operating at a heightened security alert. America is going forward, and as we do so, we must remain keenly aware of the threats to our country. Those in authority should take appropriate precautions to protect our citizens. But we will not allow this enemy to win the war by changing our way of life or restricting our freedoms. This morning, I am sending to Congress a request for emergency funding authority so that we are prepared to spend whatever it takes to rescue victims, to help the citizens of New York and Washington respond to this tragedy and to protect our national security. I want to thank the members of Congress for the unity and support America is united. The freedom-loving nations of the world stand by our side. This will be a monumental struggle for good versus evil, but good will prevail. I thought you'd get a kick out of the letter because it shows the steps we were taking heading towards war and the support we were gaining from so many other countries. That was that a letter or was that an address to uh like Congress or it was a press it was a press release. 
from his yeah his from his uh september 12th uh meeting with the national security team i think that meeting right there put us on the footing towards we're going to hit you attacking two random countries (laughs) right well Headed down the road. I'm just just kidding. I'm just kidding. What I liked about the memo and the press release was the fact of, you know, how united it was standing. And here's another fact. Here's another fact. That was a nice feeling, actually, honestly. Like the the unity and camaraderie of that that post-September 11th. Yeah, it was kind of like, all right, enough. Society was pretty crazy. Let's get together and let's go. Yeah. So there were other countries around the world that presented to us, you know, all the prayers and all that stuff. Well, you guys have heard of the Maasai tribe in Africa? Yep. They started the presentations to the United States by presenting seven cows to the United States. Because if you'll know, the Maasai um, uh, really reflect the cows as, um, I don't know. Divine. They're a life source. They're, yeah. yeah, divine beings yep. kind of thing because they provide. So the United States thanked them, had a painting made of them, and then asked the Maasai herdsmen to continue to keep the cows. So the logistics of having to get it to the United States never happened. But the fact that even a small Maasai tribe reached out to the United States and offered their, you know, biggest gift that they could come up with, which was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I swear to you next week, it will be U.S. military history by God. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) That was great. That was good. good Military tidbit, September 12th, 1944, U.S. Army troops entered Germany for the first time. Oh. There you go. That satisfies Marty's. I, and I will help September 12th, 1918. Oh. General Pershing led American troops for the first time in World War One. Right. These choices. Um, mm. Well, speaking of troops going all over the place, uh, <laughs> uh, there's a couple of stories here that I thought, I mean, because you ever wonder where troops are deployed. I always did. Right. Especially when they do the remember everyone deployed campaign that they sold a ass load of red shirts, right? I've got right? And uh, uh, I was like, are these just for the guys in Afghanistan or Iraq? Right? Mm -hmm. We've had guys in Sinai. Shit, back in the 90s, I know we've had people in Sinai for forever. Yeah. And, uh, are it always made me wonder if you go out on a ship are are you considered deployed you should be right i believe you are i I think they are are. yeah so i thought uh i saw these couple stories and i thought it was interesting one's a deployment story one's a shift shifting troops story but i always was wondering where our guys are right all over the world and it's tough to get that uh, sometimes, but this one from Task and Purpose uh, had 4,500 3rd Infantry Division soldiers are deploying to Eastern Europe. Hmm. Where? Where are they deploying to, right? <laughs> um, but uh, this is, uh, like I said, taskandpurpose.com, roughly 4,500 soldiers with the Army's 3rd Infantry Division 
better known as the Rock of the Marne. That's that uh, that square patch with the blue and white diagonal stripes in it. Oh, okay, nice. They Rock are in the process. The yeah, it's called the nickname is Rock of the Marne. They fought in World War One and made a name for himself there. And they've always come. Oh, very cool. They were uh, third. Uh, they were in Germany for a long time as uh, I think a brigade uh, combat team or, or or something to that effect. But uh, with all the Brack stuff, they've moved everybody around. Anyway, 4,500 soldiers of them are going uh, to Poland and the Baltic states as part of an ongoing U.S.-led effort to reinforce NATO's eastern flank which wasn't ever supposed mm. to be an eastern flank but is now an eastern flank which runs from the baltic sea to the black sea the soldiers <laughs> come from third uh, infantry division third infantry division artillery brigade third infantry division sustainment brigade and the division's second armor brigade combat team the soldiers come from the third infantry division headquarters oh shoot i just re- i must have copied twice <laughs> <laughs> Uh, currently, currently, and this uh, Eric and I were talking about this before you got on, Jake. Currently, about eighty-five thousand U.S. troops are in Europe. Uh, prior to Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February 2022, the U.S. military had about sixty-five thousand troops in Europe. The number of U.S. forces in Europe since then has fluctuated between eighty and one hundred five thousand service members due to military exercises and the rotations of units in and out of the continent. Now, to give you a perspective, about 300,000 U.S. troops were deployed to Europe toward the end of the Cold War. So I think sometimes when civilians write these articles and they talk about deploying to Europe, well, they're permanently housed in, in like, Germany for three years. That's not a deployment. Yeah, some of them are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of some of them are right, right. But uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of TDYs and deployments. I agree. Still. I agree. But if you have a base nearby, if you're at a base, you're not deployed. Yeah, that's well, an assignment. Right. Okay, wait. So they plus up the Manning, like in the air operation centers, they'll take people from one AOC and move them to the other, to physically deploy them to the other AOC. Or activate them out of a fighter squadron and move them there. Aren't they TDY it, then, though, or is they is that a deployment? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it all runs down to probably money. Honestly, I always get I always get. Yeah, you're right. Is the home base paying for it? Oh, your T- your TDY. Oh a... uh, yeah, but the difference between TDY and deployed can make can make the difference in well, that combat bonus right well remember all those guys that were deployed to centcom aoc and they were yes. literally in tampa and yeah right i remember right? the politician who said that i deployed to say i've been in centcom aoc i was like I, tampa. did it used to be in homestead i thought it was in homestead for a while yeah right? i don't know and well i also think if, if you were deployed long enough or tdy long enough there are certain decorations, you know, tax exemptions, depending on what yeah, it four is. Months, depending on where you're at. Yeah. yeah, depending what it is. Four months, I think it was, right? Well, back- okay, Marty, remember the um, the Intel person? That was This is the funniest deployment story ever. Okay. We were sitting on the ops floor at Buckley. 
and we are low on Manning because for the Intel portion, because we had stepped up the Manning due to missile warning stuff and escalations after 9-11, right. that kind of thing. We just went into Afghanistan. All right. We had, we needed more Intel bodies. Our crew Intel guy got masked deployment orders and we were like, Oh, okay, cool. So he got deployment orders. He got set on orders. He had to qualify. He had to do all that stuff, right? Hmm. Take C Bernie, do everything. Oh, all that pre pre-deployment stuff. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, all right. the pre-deployment. He had to go shoot. He had to go do all that stuff. Right. When and we sent him off. We're like, hey, we'll see you later. Two weeks later, he shows back up with us. We're <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? He goes, Yeah, they deployed me here. I'm like, you're from here. How's that help our man? I never heard that story. No kidding. It, yeah, it was oh. our Intel guy on Delta Crew. That's at, a that genius. Ingenious. He got pulled like he was on deployed orders to sit in his deployed. normal crew location. Yeah, he was essentially deployed in place. Yeah, but we lost him for two weeks to do all that other crap. That's nuts. We were low man. He's on. He we had to go shoot the gun. He had to freaking do sea Bernie everything. Like, I didn't realize that. I He's never like, knew. Get that. out of here. That's great. Did he get paid? Did he get, get like TDY pay or deployment pay? He should have. Good for. I mean, good on him. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It was that married couple guy. Um, I cannot remember. Oh God, yeah. What is that guy's name? Either way, I don't want to call him out. Yeah, I know. I know. Mostly just because I can't remember your name. I Sorry, can't dude. remember his name. <laughs> I do remember his wife at the time. Oh. I, I I remember exactly what he looks like and his wife. Yes, I can like, see him too. Both, yeah, yeah, I yeah. can see him too. I don't remember his name. Uh, so along with that, I guess uh, the Niger thing that's happening right all the yep. the coup in niger i think it was well yep. air force times had a story about repositioning uh uh some airmen over there at niger as a precautionary measure precautionary measure no shit department of department of defense said it is repositioning some troops and equipment within niger quote out of an abundance of caution following a military coup in July that overthrew the West African country's demo democratically elected government. We are hopeful that diplomatic talks will continue and the situation in Niger will be resolved diplomatically. She just used diplomatic twice in that sentence, didn't she? <laughs> Said Sabrina Singh, the department or the deputy Pentagon's press secretary, uh, she said, this is simply a precautionary measure, which it can, can you be more alarmed if they keep stressing, this is just a precautionary measure. You're really not going to yeah. do anything. Don't be alarmed. They'll be like, fuck, now I'm scared of shit. <laughs> to be clear, we've had bodies in Niger for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. But they're shifting right. them. So and thank you for that transition. Cause they're shifting them from <laughs> Uh, they have a, a base. They have a couple bases in Niger. They may have more, but the two bases they're talking about here are Air Base One Hundred One. That's the name of it. In mm -hmm. 
uh, Niami Niger. That's is it Niger or Niger? I've always thought it was Niger. For you, oh, I will no call idea. it Niger for the <laughs> duration of this uh, okay. story. In Niami, Niger, capital. Um, and they shifted them to Air Base. Guess, guess. If Air Base oh, 101. Air Base 201. Oh, man. In Agadez, which is a facility in the central part of the country. Uh, there will be a small group that remains in Niami. The personnel are members of the 409th Air Expeditionary Group. Niger has played a critical role for the U.S. counterterrorism mission in the region where extremist groups have been flocking. The repositioning comes as Russian-backed... Is it Wagner, Wagner, Wagner forces? I don't know why I'm trying to do it German. <laughs> Russian Just say backed... it one way and then Eric will correct you in about three times. Oh, that's I, right. I, I'm here for corrections. Yeah. <laughs> the repositioning comes as Russian backed oh. Wagner forces. Uh, Russian backed Wagner forces have looked to possibly make Niger the next African country where they ascend to power. Niger's junta previously asked for help from the Russian mercenary group in the face of a possible military intervention by the West African regional bloc. The the politics of that is. Yeah. You talk about a war-torn country. Other than, say, South Africa. It's all West Africa. All that West African territory has been at war for so many years. Internally, revolution, Sudan, Congo, oh, yeah, all that, just all that, yeah. Well, uh, East, yeah, East Africa is not much better, e- and you got Somalia, Ethiopia, yeah, crazy uh, Kenya. So, I don't know. I, I couldn't, I tried to look up Air Base 101, and all I was ever to find out was that's the where the 409th Air Expeditionary Group is, and uh, I don't know what they do. You know, obviously it's maybe it's an emergency airstrip kind of stuff. I'm not sure. So, but they're shifting them. Well, so, a couple of years ago, we had in the news. Remember, we had I think it was a Green Beret or two that were killed um, in Niger, Niger or Niger, um, and we had drones overhead to support so i'm assuming helicopters drones just based on oh yeah that could be historical news articles yeah that could be maybe that's all hmm. it is but you know i i, I couldn't Cargo. i was trying to get uh, a number but obviously it wasn't a number it was probably more a capability that's why they're shifting it but so there's things going on out there i thought it was interesting to see uh it would be interesting to see a map where they're going to deploy to that kind of thing like me and marty talked about earlier a map of deployed not so much a sign but deployed you know their locations um because we said eighty five thousand in europe i wonder what's in you know uh, well uh, yeah in the pacific we can do that real quick uh where was that um that'd be kind of cool Standby. So, see what that number looks yeah, like. where are all our troops, right? So, if we're going to remember everyone deployed, well, let's let's give the 
the listening audience of 42 subscribers on YouTube. There we go. Um, so this is from Statista. That sounds kind of shady anyway. <laughs> that is. But this is as of 2022. So number of active duty United States military personnel in Europe. This is just in Europe. So it wasn't just total deployed. We were talking oh, okay. about Europe. I thought it was I thought it was interesting because that article said there's 85,000 people that we have again, they say hmm. deployed in Europe. That's a little bit of a misnomer, right? Cuz yeah. You got 35,000 in Germany. Well, there's I mean, they're there on an overseas tour. Yeah, they're assigned. I don't know how you say that's deployed. Yeah, so I don't know if this is a whether active duty overseas or active duty deployed, deployed. I, I, I'm, I, I'm shocked by Turkey only having a thousand seven hundred because Inserlik is constantly getting locked down and for for a base. Yeah. Well, I told Marty and Trump. Yeah, I told you Martin thought there was thing. more, right? That's I, what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Between and Eric, that, look, Eric looked there, up another source that said yeah. like sixteen hundred. So it's yeah. close, right? It's close. That's crazy, huh? I would have thought there'd have been you know eight thousand, ten thousand at least at Enterlick. Yeah, so. I wonder how many of these are also um, if if it counts the Marines at embassies. Hmm. Yeah, and, if you if you count all those personnel and like stuff, liaisons. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because uh, yeah, I know we've got liaisons in different air operation centers, space sure. operation centers. So well, let's count those two. For those on the audio only, it shows uh, like Germany thirty five thousand, Italy twelve thousand, UK ninety six hundred, ninety seven hundred, Atlantic Resolve, rotating NATO force. That's sketchy. But that's seven thousand. That's like when we were in Croatia, Marty, way back in the years when I supported NATO and went to uh, what is it, Croatia? But played, it was uh, played foosball. Something, yeah, right. So, uh, started grab. What's grab? Made it on the Croat flag football team. So he was something grab. The all all army Croat team. What's was, that city in, in he was Croatia? Hitting home man? runs on the side. Something grab. Mozgrab, Lozgrab, Nozgrab, or some shit like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is a. But Abu there was Grab. a big contingency. No, <laughs> not Abu Grab. No. No. Uh, um, winning hearts and building pyramids. Oh, yeah. But that's yep. what. But even that, when you start talking about. Hey, we got guys rotating over to Syria. You know, like I mentioned that earlier. We've had Syri Syrian presence for forever. It's like, what the fuck are they doing over there? Right. So, what are hmm. these 7,000 NATO force troops doing as they're rotating? I, I just looked up an Atlantic Resolve. Yeah. It says since April 2014, U.S., Army, Europe, and Africa have led the Department of Defense's Atlantic Resolve land efforts. Atlantic Resolve provides rotational deployments for combat credible forces in Europe to show our commitment to NATO while building readiness, um, increasing interoperability, enhancing the bond between allies. So it's literally just combat credible liaisons. Oh, okay. And it doesn't spe specify where um yeah right, so that was right. in 20 as of november 2021 the newly reactivated v core 
has uh, assumed command and control of all Atlantic Resolve rotational forces. Oh, really? So that's what right when Russia picked yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So they changed from U.S. ran operation to whoever the V Corps is. Fifth Corps. Is it Fifth Corps? I I don't know if that explains anything, but I don't know what's in. Oh, okay. Fifth Corps, yep. But Spain has 3,200. Poland has 1,800. I'm sure that's a bigger number now. With the Ukraine event happening. Right. And these are 2022. Um, Turkey has 1,700. Belgium, 1,100. Romania, 1,100. And then you get into kind of three digits Greece, Netherlands, Portugal. Portugal. But what I thought was funny about it. You remember the Azores? (laughs) That that used to be an airbase. I don't even know if Azores is still there, right? Yeah. Lodges Field. Lodges Field. But as you page down this, right? Oh, is that what Portugal? Is that the comment? Yeah. I got you. Lodges Field. Zagreb was what I was talking about with Croatia back in the day. Zagreb was where we deployed and had. So you got uh, all these kind of double digit deployments all over the place. You know, yeah. there's probably a bunch, a colonel and a staff, you know, that kind of thing, maybe. But you got like Iceland has two. Well, we know that's not the case, isn't it? Belarus has one. <laughs> I, I thought we had a pararescue squadron in Iceland. Yeah, maybe, I thought it was a bigger presence in Iceland. Maybe we just have a pair of pararescues. <laughs> got it. Oh, man. <laughs> So interesting yeah. where we got people all over the place. Uh, you know, our big swaths of people, uh, like the one that they just did with uh, Third ID. And those guys are going over to help NATO. So, God, are we going to see more of those? Didn't we deploy a bunch of guys six months ago or like a year ago uh, to go help? like a potential push in Poland. Don't we have troops over there from like a year ago? Uh, Good question. You remember that when they were like, Oh yeah, we're sending some guys. They're just in NATO countries, but just in case. Yeah. I don't know how long those guys have been over there. Right. I'm sure that it's going to be anything worse than the excitement of being deployed. And you're like, okay, what do I tell my wife when I'm back? And they're like, ah, we'll let you know. And you're like, yeah. That's well, back in 22, forever. according to news articles, all I'm doing is scrolling through headlines here. Yeah. February 2022, Biden has approved the deployment of 3,000 additional troops to Poland, Germany, and Maybe Romania. that was them. What was the date on that? February 22. Maybe February that's one I was thinking. Third, seventh, and eleventh are the news articles. So you think those those guys are still over there? Oh, I bet they, uh, they, they rotating they, out. They probably rotated back, but I bet you that I bet it's you still that occurring. Duty, that duty position is still probably over there. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. I've got a contractor their... friend that just went into that area. And well, you know we're gonna back. do some shit if you got contractors having contracts yeah. out there, right? Yeah. For sure. That's exactly it. Yeah. Well, as long as this Ukraine thing's going and any type of threat to NATO imposed threat will be there. Huh. Well, um, the, uh, 
military industrial complex is alive and well. Oh no, yeah. So anyway, just yeah. thought thought it was interesting that those popped up that they were talking about where people are because I'm fascinated where our military is. Where we have spread our forces all over the place. And we didn't even yeah. talk about the Pacific side. So No, no, no. I mean, uh that's true. You know, and that and that's you think that'll ramp up? That'll start ramping up? I mean, where do they go? I, I would venture to say it already has with the potential threat to Taiwan. I, I did see where uh, there was an article about uh, the Air Force was trying to rejuvenate some long-lost kind of airfields over there that we had, uh, you know, out of World War II and stuff. But then we've since left, but now they're like, hey, maybe we can uh, clear some brush off and maybe use these. You know, That's where you're going to put that one guy on the Tomahawk truck parked on an island. You don't need the guy. It's this. a remote control truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to have the guy who's driving around in the right position. Why? If they can make drive. it waterproof, they could just drive it on the floor of the ocean like, uh, you know, the cursed guys from Pirates of the Caribbean. Just <laughs> fucking drive right up on the beach. Now that would be a badass weapon. You can just That's drive it. It might take you months. It might take you months under the water, but once it's there, man. Uh, okay. J- oh, shit, dog. Um, sorry, I was making uh, gestures earlier because the dog wouldn't. I have an old dog who's like 14 years old. He's got this nasal thing. And I was like, damn it. How do they get out of here? And that's what I was like, get out of here. So uh, I had to throw a toy at her. But uh at it. At it, well, at her. So um, be gone, old rodent. Get out of here. Stop with the nose. Uh you're so breathy. Do you oh, want to take this story, Jake? Or do you want me to do this story on the Navy? Oh, I um or did you just no, send go it? Go for it. I, I read it briefly and sent it and that's so it. So as I, like, oh, as, I read through, as I read through this next story, thinking that I'll piss off anybody who's really paying attention to this podcast, the bureaucracy of Ugh. aftercare for the military is just it'll it's enough to make you puke, right? So from military.com, the headline is the Department of the Navy begins the process to reconsider. 3,770 medical discharges for retirement upgrades. Now, this sounds great. Cool, at first. At first, until you read through the article. Correct. So, the Department of the Navy has begun notifying more than 3,700 medically discharged soldiers and Marines of their eligibility for a new physical evaluation board hearing, one that could result in an upgrade to medical retirement. Did we talk about last week where you're like, Oh, you're going to get $15,000 for what was yeah. it? I can't remember it now. Uh, make It was one of the claims you have to do earplugs. Earplugs. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, 3M like settlement. $15,000 or your 10%, which one you want. <laughs> this article almost alludes to that. It's it's crazy sauce, right? Uh, to use my stepdaughter's little phrase. Uh, over the next several months, eligible veterans medically discharged between September 12, 2016 and June 11, 2018 are to receive a letter from the Secretary of the Navy Council of Review Boards asking whether they want to have their cases reconsidered. 
That sounds like such a setup question, right? <laughs> hey, uh, would you like to see if you can get maybe some more? You know, they're like, oh, yeah. And they're like, okay, roll the But dice. understand, you could lose some as yeah, well. Yeah, they, they may not tell you that part. Uh, those, those eligible to receive this letter include personal discharged during the designated period whose qualifying conditions were listed by their medical evaluation board and sent to their physical evaluation board and who were medically separated with a combined disability rating of 20% or less. That's what surprised me about this article. It's like they're not talking higher percent. They're talking 20% or less. Wait, wait. So they got medically separated for a 20% disability? No. They're saying if you... Uh, well, that's true. They're saying uh, medically discharged says you can't get medically discharged on 20% or less. So maybe they're appealing to those people who got unless, unless that has a direct impact on your performance. Yeah. I mean, if oh, it's yeah, directly right, right. related to yeah. performance. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Good point. Um, but these people who are going to get this letter to get reevaluated have 20% or less, according to this article. So. I know that's confusing. This whole article is very confusing. Let's not confuse it more. Uh, <laughs> Don't, ask better... <laughs> Don't ask Don't questions. Don't go detail. Don't go detail. Whole lot of questions till next <laughs> week. Uh, veterans who request a review must apply within 180 days of the date of the letter. They will be asked to spell out their end goal of medical retirement. I want more money. How sketchy is that? It's like, tell us what you would like what you think your medical retirement is going to be. Uh, That'd be like, hell if I know. <laughs> I yeah. No. Um, so they'll be asked to spell out their end goal of medical retirement and provide any additional medical or non-medical evidence they may have to bolster their case. The reviews will be done by a special class action review board and will consist of a documentation review by a physical evaluation board followed by a decision. If the veteran is not satisfied with the results of the board, they may request a formal hearing followed by a petition for relief if necessary. I'd like to have my lawyer present, please. So, yeah. 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 I'm <laughs> always apprehensive of this kind of stuff because once you open that can of worms, you never know what you're going to Yeah, you get, don't know what right? you're going to walk like, back out with. Right? right? Like, you could be medically separated and getting VA for 20% right right now and then you open that up I mean I guess the worst case scenario they just say no you're back to zero you're back to zero that's not the worst case right they take well, you back well in. I guess it would be yeah I guess that would be that would be the, the worst, worst case, case scenario is you lose all your VA yeah, rating right yeah and you get no money right best case would case. be you're retired, me medically retired now. At whatever oh, we miss we miss some at. stuff. So yeah, the, yeah. the beginning part of this art this article was confusing as hell. I thought, um, but the review the, the, it starts to make sense when they start talking about the case that's that prompted all this. But the review stands from a federal judge's decision last year in the case Torres versus Del Toro, which found the Navy improperly dictated that the only medical conditions considered for disability by the physical evaluation board 
were those specifically listed by a medical evaluation. That should clear it up for you, right? <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, what are they talking about? Under the policy, which was rescinded in 2018, physical evaluations boards were oh. barred from considering any other medical conditions that weren't properly referred to them. Uh, yeah. Man. So it's, it's like out? this. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's say I got a messed up right knee and they can't fix it. That's the only thing they're going to evaluate in order to medically separate me. Right. Not They're not going to consider my messed up left knee, my shoulders, my sleep apnea, yeah. all that stuff. Take that, that. Take that example you have. One. Let's say it's your messed up left knee that has now subsequently uh, uh, hurt your ankle somehow. Yeah, right? ankle and lower back and your all that Your ankle crap, doesn't yeah. get considered because it was only your knee that was recommended. Yep, gotcha. And your ankle is like, hey, what about my ankle? And they're like, ah, it's not on our paperwork. It's and just your suck. knee. And they're like, yeah, but it's it's subsequently, it's a subsequent injury because of this injury. And yeah. they're like, you should have had that referred. Yeah. And that's the shit. That's the shitty part of it. That's what so, they don't, they, they're not, that's what they were not allowed to calculate or add into the correct. equation. Correct. Uh, yep. Let's see. Uh, let me, let me skip down to this example. Okay. The original case was filed in February, 2021 by Oscar Torres, a Marine who served from August, 2007 until his medical discharge in January, 2018. During his time in service, Torres sustained injuries to his back, shoulder, wrist, fingers, knees, ankles, and hips, and he was diagnosed with an inflammatory rheumatic disease. He also suffered from sleep apnea. A Navy Medical Evaluation Board referred the back condition and sleep apnea to the Physical Evaluation Board included and concluded that the rest of the conditions did not make him unfit for duty. Oh, so he really? could still duty with everything else, right? So they were like, oh, you're still good. You're just going to be sore. We're not going to put those on the on the list. Based on the conditions that were, quote, properly referred, the Physical Evaluation Board found Torres unfit for duty for his back issue at 10% and fit for, fit for duty for sleep apnea. <laughs> Falling short of the 30% disability decision required to receive medical retirement, Torres was given a lump sum disability severance payment. So he went in for all those, for all those injuries, but the only thing they referred him to was his back and sleep apnea. And the board was only going to count the one thing that you're unfit for duty, not all the other things you're broken. They they only evaluate the two things, his back and sleep apnea and said, Hey, are these, are, is he fit for duty for these? Just like like it was in a total vacuum. Yeah. That's all he had was a back injury, right? And they were like, nope, he can still he can still serve a sleep apnea. Nope, his back is screwed up. But because it was just his back, it was only 10%. Crazy. What about all the rest of the stuff? And it was like, well, they should yeah. have referred that too. You can still do all your duty with all this other shit. But there's no cumulative like picture of the person going through. Yeah. So he That's didn't a, get, so because of that, 
he only got a lump sum based on probably his the, back. Yeah, his, his back. back. Right. And then they were like, all right, see you later. But if they would have taken all that stuff to into account, correct, then he would have potentially gotten like 60% and been medically retired. If he had uh, like retired mm. and gone to the VA yeah, oh yeah, and they'd assessed all that stuff, they probably would have given him, they probably would have given him more than 60%, but oh, he would, would have at least so. gotten 60%. Yeah. yeah. And then he would have got uh, a military payment after he retired. But because he wasn't retired and he had to reach 30% to be medically retired, and they only referred to those two things. And I, I'm surprised that they said he was fit for duty with sleep apnea. But I guess they have to because they'd be kicking everybody out if you yeah, were yeah. right. That's for sure. But I don't I, think I don't think you're deployable if you have sleep apnea if you have the mask. There's require restrictions on where you have oh, to is have that what it is? reliable is that what it is? electricity basically. Power supply. Not, not yeah. anymore, guys. They have yeah. travel CPAP machines now that are battery operated. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. then go go out in the middle. They're eleven hundred dollars, like, but you could get one under so, your V. There's, I have a uh, question for you fellas in regards to this. Now I know this isn't directly related to what you're reading, but where I'm yeah. going with is if it's about it, crayons, I'm going to come, I'm driving over to your house to wring your neck. I swear to God, not crayons. I have a question with the outcome of some of these findings for these guys on their medical stuff. What are the guys that were being released from the Navy for not taking their COVID shots going to do? I think uh, there's there, lo- I think there's lawsuits on that already. There already are. Yeah. Are there? I, there's, there's I didn't know because I would I could see these guys going. You know what? You're reevaluating them now yeah. that you know the outcome of what COVID was. Oh. I want to be reevaluated for letting me back in without taking the shot. Well, that there's there's lawsuits about loss of pay and all that other shit that's okay. going on right now. All right, that's where I was going with it. I thought you were going like, oh, how about this? Uh, um, Three and eight a crayon. What about this heart condition that I now have from the COVID shot that you made me take? Uh, yeah. Those lawsuits are coming, right? They got to be if they're not I'm already sure. here. If but they got to they got to acknowledge that those <clears throat> vaccines cause those problems, and that that may not that may not come to fruition. The so. evidence will be tough, I'm sure. But it does make me laugh to think that uh, they're in their fighting positions or foxholes uh out in the field and the guy's got his bad his, his portable CPAP. CPAP going. <laughs> oh yeah shut up dude dude he's like oh, what can i do laying <laughs> it by the laying way CPAP, under a patriot battery cpap machines don't make noise fellas hello <laughs> they don't they do if you open your mouth it's like no no yeah well Okay. Do you have one that covers your mouth or just your nose, Eric? Nose and mouth. Oh, okay, wait. So if you just have the nose one. The pillow? This this one. The little cup. And you open your mouth, all that air flows through and goes straight out your mouth. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it does, but you don't hear it. The only time you'll hear it is when the, the seal of the pillow is broke from your nostril. And it you'll whistles. hear it. It'll whistle. It'll blow. You'll hear the air. <laughs> it's not quite that bad. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for killing that comedy bit. 
Yeah. <laughs> on you guys just story. taking turns on shitting on each other's comedy bits. <laughs> okay. No. Oh yeah. Doesn't that, fucking make any noise. That doesn't make any noise. Your Jeez. your joke doesn't make any sense. Dumb, Moving on. Dumb joke. Next. That's only it's because I'm sensitive because I wear one of the fucking things. <laughs> I wasn't calling you out for your CPAP line. I'm sensitive. <laughs> yep. Well, on that note, I would say we are rounds complete and end the mission. End the mission. End of end of episode. End up. End up. On behalf of all of us here, I'd like to thank you for listening today. Please like, share, subscribe, and let us know how we did in the comments. And as always, make sure to download the next episode for more service headline news. Man, thanks for the week, and I'll see you next week. Guys, have a great week. We'll see you. All right, Eric, you strap that mask on tight tonight and say a little prayer or shout out to Aphrodite because <laughs> things are going to happen. Look out, fellas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have to call that Tricare Prime and say I'm gonna need a new uh, apnea mask. I wore this one out. Yeah. Dude, his and her thing. Oh. oh. See, I wake up in the morning, the mask is over my ear, the head. Yeah. One eye's dried out. A double-ended. On the eye all night. Double-ended CPAP. Yeah. Oh my god. Nothing puts the old lady in the mood like a no, CPAP no. whistle. You know that Mel Gibson movie uh, where the blonde headed guy is chasing the women? Which one was that? You know which one was that? Mm. The, last, the last Mel Gibson, but it wasn't Mel Gibson. It was Tom Hardy. It was. Um... Oh, come on, man. You guys are killing me. The guy is chasing all his wives across the you, you desert. You just said it was a Mel Gibson movie that wasn't Mel Gibson. It was Tom Hardy. Well, I said it because it started as Mel Gibson when it first came out. Oh. What was the very first one? The very first thing that Mel Gibson did. Come on. He drove the police car. No, he drove the police car. Oh, he was uh, Mad Max. Mad Max. Maybe the movie. Mad Max number three. Remember? There you go. So that the dude Fury who's got Road. the mask. Wow. The guy's got the mask. It's almost yeah, like I'm going to draw fangs and paint? shit on it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Put some shit on my mask. Have fangs. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing puts a woman in the mood like a sleep apnea mask and an obscure movie reference. <laughs> She's practically fucking dehydrated right now. Oh, Jeez, my God. Man. You would not believe how many discussions we've had about what the mask should look like. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week.